0: FLF Fine Hills Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora Orlando, and W226BT Orlando News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio station.
1: Good morning, Orlando. It's six o'clock. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. In for Bud Hedinger. I'm Rob Marinko,
2: and I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning: a bank shooting in Sebring leaves five dead. We've got the details coming up in one minute.
1: There will be no State of the Union address, at least not now, and we're going to have a meteorologist talk about the severe weather about to move through. This is a terrible day for Sebring, Highlands County,
2: and for the state of Florida. Words from Governor Ron DeSantis at a news conference following a mass shooting in south-central Florida. Five people are dead after the shooting at a SunTrust bank in Sebring, Police say the gunman called dispatchers to report the shooting himself. Sebring Police Chief Carl Hoagland.
3: This is a very dynamic and ongoing investigation. I'm sure several details will come as the investigation continues. What we do know right now is that the gentleman that's been taken into custody as a result of this is a gentleman by the name of Zephan Zaver. He's 21 years of age. And lives here in Sebring.
2: Zafer started work at the Avon Park Correctional Institution in November and resigned this month. He'll make his first court appearance today. Victims' names have not been released. Authorities are expected to release more information later this morning. Strong storms with heavy rains and gusty winds are moving through central Florida this morning. AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle says that will be followed by a cool-down.
4: We are looking at uh, a much colder air mass here that's going to be working its way down into the area here uh, over the next uh, 24, 36 hours or so in the wake of a cold
2: front. Orlando area temperatures are forecast to drop into the mid-40s tonight.
1: And we are going to have a live report on the severe weather coming in, Alan, with a AccuWeather meteorologist. All right,
2: that's coming up in about uh, five minutes from now. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. UCF might take action against its president for the school's illegal spending. The Board of Trustees will meet today to discuss withholding performance bonuses from President Dale Whitaker. State officials announced last year that UCF broke the law by using millions of dollars in operational funding for building construction. If the Board votes to suspend Whitaker's bonus pay... That would amount to more than $100,000 for this year and last year combined. In a back-and-forth of late-night tweets, we're learning President Trump won't be giving the State of the Union Address until the government shutdown is done.
5: President Trump tweeting he'll do the State of the Union address when the government shutdown is over. He went on to say he's looking forward to giving a great address in the near future. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had sent the president a letter Wednesday saying she won't hold a vote on a resolution that would allow him to use the House floor for the address until the shutdown is over. Soon after the president said the address will wait, Pelosi tweeted, Mr. President, I hope by saying near future, you mean you will support the House Pass package to end the shutdown. In Washington, Jill NATO, Fox News.
2: And on the lighter side, the doomsday clock will be reset today. Oh, goody. Each year, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists announces how close we are to doomsday. The closer to midnight the doomsday clock is set, the more danger we're in. Last year, the Doomsday Clock was set at 2 minutes to midnight. The announcement for this year will be live-streamed at uh, 10 a.m. our time. WFLA News time now is 6.05. Microsoft adds a fake news tracker to its mobile browser. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. The delayed
1: State of the Union address and some severe weather either here or about to move through here. Here's one of the stories we're following for you this morning. A former Department of Corrections officer is accused of killing five people inside a Highlands County bank. The identity of those killed at the SunTrust Bank in Sebring yesterday will be released this morning. Suspect Zephon Xavier started work at the Avon Park Correctional Institution in November and resigned this month. There were no discipline issues involving the 21-year-old who will make his first court appearance today. Updates every 10 minutes throughout the morning here on Good Morning Orlando.
0: Welcome to the 50,000-watt Front Forge. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. It's
1: Rob Marinko in for Bud Hedinger, We'll be back Monday. Glad to be here with you. There is some severe weather moving through, and if it hasn't hit you yet, it will shortly. And to tell us more about that, uh, AccuWeather's Bill Dager, meteorologist uh, Bill Dager. How are you, Bill? I'm good. How are you? Good. So what's going
6: on? Yeah, we have a line of showers and thunderstorms headed east toward the Orlando area, now moving through the western suburbs about a half hour or so from making it to downtown Orlando. We've seen some pretty impressive wind gusts with this line of storms. Over 40 miles an hour, not out of the question We could have a gust past 50 miles an hour as well. Earlier there was a severe thunderstorm warning on the line. That has since expired, but these storms should still come through with quite some fury here. Again, about a half hour in downtown Orlando.
1: Bill, I noticed getting out of my car this morning, I had my uh, my hair combed perfectly, and then by the time I got to the door, (laughs) it was just all over the place. So the wind's already blowing. So how long should this all last? I hear that there's sunshine on the way later on. there certainly is,
6: yeah. So we're going to be dealing with, again, the thunderstorms within the hour. And then after that, it probably will rain at a pretty steady clip for about an hour or two. And then by late morning and afternoon, it's drying out, clouds break for sun. We've probably already reached our high temperature for the day in the low 70s, so temperatures will probably drop drop back a bit into the 60s before rebounding to about 70. But, yeah, there is some sunshine on the way for later today. So much different picture out there on the uh, drive home versus the drive in.
1: So cooler than it's been, though, and tomorrow will be another cool day, but uh, more sunshine?
6: Yeah, more sunshine ahead for tomorrow. It certainly won't be as warm as it was yesterday. Temperatures were near 80. Today, again, about 70. And then tomorrow and even Saturday, we're struggling to make it into the 60s. High 62 for Friday and about 64 on Saturday.
1: Bill Dager from AccuWeather Forecast. Thank you, Bill, for checking in with us. Appreciate it. Not a problem. So President Trump has announced that he will hold off on the State of the Union address until after the shutdown has been resolved. Nancy Pelosi called for the president about a week or so ago to delay the State of the Union considering security concerns. Don't know exactly what that was about, but uh, indeed the president has agreed that perhaps now isn't the best time he... Talked briefly about doing it in the upper house, and apparently that's never been done before. And he would only have uh, a limited audience—one hundred, as opposed to five hundred or something—in the—in the—the uh, uh, Congress. But so it's going to be delayed until uh, after the shutdown. We have uh, some words from the president. Uh, go ahead. The yeah.
7: State of the Union speech has been uh, canceled by Nancy Pelosi because she doesn't want to hear the truth. She doesn't want the American public to hear what's going on. And she's afraid of the
1: truth. Well, okay, let's, uh, let's hear from Ms. Pelosi.
5: Congressional Democrats support smart, effective border security. But we do not support the president holding the health, safety, and paychecks of the American people hostage again to a
1: campaign applause line. So two sides of the same coin there. One blaming the other. That can be expected, of course. Love to hear what you think about it. 407-916-5400. Toll free, 866-916-5400. So it was probably the right thing for President Trump to sort of take the lead and say, I'll do it when it's time to do it. And that time will be after the shutdown. You can understand that. Some say Nancy Pelosi got the best of the president because she really called this early, saying that it was inappropriate to do. Her concern is interesting, and I sort of have to, my goodness, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I sort of have to agree with Nancy Pelosi. I know, I know, a little bit. Lightning may strike me here. So why give the president an opportunity, if you can possibly avoid it, to get the cheering, and some jeering over the shutdown, who he will blame 100% on the Democrats, as correct and right as that may be, still, when you have a big audience like that, the president will use the audience, as he often does, because he's uh, really good at it. And so you can understand what Pelosi may be concerned about. However, she's got to step up, because the Democrats just last week had an opportunity to sign for a bill that would have paid the furloughed employees, and we heard this from Congressman Ben Crenshaw just um, uh, yesterday. It didn't really get any play in the news, but the, the Democrats, only six of them voted for this to fund the furloughed employees temporarily until we get things straightened out. So uh, let's take uh, Hector's call from Orlando. Hector, good morning. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando.
7: Hey, good morning. Uh, this is the way I see it. If he yields Pelosi's demand, he might as well kiss the next election goodbye, because nobody's going to stand for that. Okay. Nobody at all. I'm a, I, I vote Republican for more than 30 years, and uh, I, I I I will be discouraged even to go and vote. Uh, uh,
1: all right. So, okay, this is... A, <laughs> so you're not uh, wishy-washy at all in this, sector, huh?
7: No, no. I, I hope he's just bluffing and comes up with something else. Because if he doesn't, it's going to be a lot of uh, people disappointed at him.
1: Well, I think there are a lot of people already, because one of the things on the table that the Democrats say is not as a non-starter is this offer to legitimize some of these docket kids. And I made the comparison the other day about bank robbers leaving money. Yeah, Hector, go go ahead.
7: Yeah, what I I don't understand is... I'm sorry,
1: I interrupted your interruption. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, what I don't understand is... For the last 20 or 30 years, Republicans as well as Democrats had voted for a wall, and they never did anything. I know. They got funding, and now that he wants to build a wall, suddenly it's immoral.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your call, Hector. I appreciate it. What I was going to say was that I made the comparison to a bank robber that uh, wasn't taken well, even in the room I'm sitting and looking at uh, my friends around the table here that if a bank robber leaves, gets arrested, but leaves with his booty, with his children, guess what? The kids don't get to keep that money. They don't, keep, they don't get to keep the benefit of their dad's bank robbing days when he goes away. They have to give that money back. The FBI will be sure of it. Now, the president's offering this limited amnesty, or whatever you want to call it, to DACA kids, some 700,000 of these young people. And uh, I, I don't think it's right. They shouldn't benefit by the crimes committed by their parents. This subject and more. That in Orlando's News, Weather and Traffic, in just two minutes on News Radio 93.1, WFLA. So one of the stories we're following for you this morning President Trump's former attorney Michael Cohen is delaying his testimony before Congress due to what he calls ongoing threats by the president of the united states against his family cohen's attorney lanny davis released a statement saying the family has received threats from president trump and rudy giuliani as recently as this weekend cohen was set to testify publicly before the house oversight committee on february 7th updates every 10 minutes throughout the morning here on good morning orlando
0: high hard radio is the easy to use app for music and radio download the free iHeartRadio app today.
1: So, I don't know if this is a win for Pelosi, a loss for the president, a win for the president, a loss for Pelosi, a tie, a bad call by the referees against New Orleans. I don't
8: know if I don't know what this wait, is. Wait, 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 it was a non-call. Sorry.
1: So, you got to help me with this. We're going to have a state of the union address just not when it's usually held. It was going to be on the 29th, and now the president says just last night that we will have it when the shutdown is over. That's when I will be good and ready, and I believe that's the best time to have it. Nancy Pelosi, of course, is declaring victory because she said she didn't want to have it now because the president would use the opportunity to bash Democrats and blame the shutdown
9: on them. Well, originally, she said it was security concerns. Yeah, you noticed that? It changed, uh-huh. didn't it? Uh-huh. And yeah. nobody bought that well, argument at all. It changed
8: because she got called out on it and proved wrong. It just reminds me of when you're a kid and it's like, okay, step over this line. And you step over it. And then you're like, <laughs> right. all right, step over this one. Right. And it, it's not getting anywhere, you know?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's not a bad analogy. Steve in Orlando, what do you think about this non- Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Steve, this non the State of the Union address. Go ahead.
10: Yeah. Well, I mean, this whole thing. I mean, <laughs> Trump, you know, caved. Obviously, I mean, it's 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 blatant novels. And why he's caving is because because he's upside down big time in the polls on this on his uh, on on this uh, border wall nonsense. He's up to his eyeballs with the Mueller report in Russian. He's up to his eyeballs in the state of, in, in the Southern District of New York. He sees, his, he sees everything folded and claving around him, and, and he knows it. And the American people really know it, but just, you know don't want to admit it. A lot of them don't. But Steve, let, let me
1: challenge you on, on one thing. You've you, yes, you covered please. a lot there. What do, you, what do you say to the American people that elected this pre- president primarily because he was going to build a wall?
10: Well, go, go, ask, go ask Mexico. He promised you if you can. He promised everybody out there that Mexico was going to pay for this wall millions of times. I heard it on and watched it on the. On so you TV. don't object to the wall. You
1: just object to Mexico paying for it. Is that what you're saying? You're okay I, with the I wall. Want, you just I, don't want Mexico to pay for it.
10: Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know that wall. You know he doesn't know what he's talking about. When he's talking about the wall. And first no. of all, you know you got to do intimate domain. You got to you got to get in there and steal you know steal land from 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 ranchers. I mean, you can do it with high-tech, stuff, uh, high-tech equipment, and everybody mm-hmm. knows it. But the bottom line is, everybody that voted for Trump was big-time lied to, and they were played. And, and it's time to admit it and just say, you know what? This guy is not only ruining our country, he's taking us down a path that we've never been before, and it's very scary. And Pelosi is a, you know, like her or dislike her, she's a sharp, very knowledgeable it. politician. She knows the laws. She knows how government works. Trump knows nothing.
1: So, you know, he's a uh, Steve, he's
10: a monkey on he's a monkey on, uh, on methamphetamine okay. is what he is. That, that's oh. enough. that's wow. enough name yeah. calling. Thank you, Steve,
1: yeah, for that can't. enlightening call. Mm. Uh, so I was just going to guess that Steve would probably not be voting for President Trump in uh, 2020. But yeah. I, he never said that. He never said he wasn't supporting the president. He just said he, he was uh, what a stooge on methamphetamine. A monkey on A meth. Mon- A meth- monkey uh, uh, on meth- uh, uh, meth- Easy, easy. I, well, I'm just repeating what
8: Steve yeah, said. That's exactly. uh, great, but you know, guilt by association. I, I think that's uh, awful. It's an,
1: an awful way to
8: describe uh, it. gonna pay for the. You know, Trump did say that. I mean, yeah. uh, the math is there with regards to the the uh, tariffs uh, yeah. and all that.
1: I get, but I get it. I get it. But here's the thing: you're either for or against the wall. Forget about financing it. Five billion dollars right now is not even one percent of our national budget. So don't talk to me about the $5 billion and who's going to pay for it. California spends about $18 billion a year on illegal aliens that hopped over the fence or went around it or dug under the wall or went through it or, or whatever they did. But California is paying $18 billion a year. Take that $18 billion, build the wall. California doesn't have to pay for it anymore, nor does Arizona and Texas and New Mexico.
2: President Trump continues to insist that Americans want the wall while polls continue to show A majority of Americans don't want the wall, and President Trump's Trump's disapproval rating uh, has been dropping in uh, several polls that have come out this week. That's a a fair point, and it's uh, it's interesting. Which indicates people aren't excited about the wall and would like to see the shutdown end.
1: I want to agree with you in the polls that you cite. Many of which were the same polls that had Hillary Clinton uh, winning the election. But thank you for those polls numbers. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, more of your phone calls coming up. And uh, that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio 93.1, WFLA. All right. It's good morning, Orlando. Rob in for Bud and Alan. Yes, Rob. We've got some nasty weather coming up, and you have some news for us, don't you?
2: I've got all of it coming right. up. And, you know, I think, weatherman, I think weatherman Ollie from Family Guy put it best when he said, It's going to rain! <laughs> if you have to be on the road this morning, beware Yuck. of strong storms moving through central Florida. AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager tells us they're bringing heavy rains and gusty winds. We've
6: seen some uh, pretty impressive wind gusts with this line of storms. Over 40 miles an hour, not out of the question We could have a gust past 50 miles an hour as well. Earlier there was a severe thunderstorm warning on the line. That has since expired, but these storms should still come through with quite some fury here.
2: Dager says the rain will continue for another hour or two, followed by a cool down. We're expecting a low in the Orlando area tonight in the mid-40s, and the cooler weather will hang around into the weekend. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. At least five people are dead after a shooting in the south central Florida city of Sebring. Police say a former corrections officer, 21-year-old Zephan Zaver, entered the SunTrust Bank yesterday and opened fire.
3: After an assessment of the scene, we're sorry to learn that we have at least five victims, people who were senselessly murdered as a result of his act. In this bank.
2: Sebring Police Chief Carl Hoagland said the SWAT team entered the bank, located the victims, and took Xaver into custody. So far, there's no word on a motive for the shooting. Chief Hoagland said the community has suffered a terrible loss at the hands of a senseless criminal doing a senseless crime. Residents in Volusia County are rallying to support those affected by the government shutdown. Thousands of dollars worth of food and other items have been donated this week to Coast Guard members working without pay at the Ponce de Leon Inlet Station, one Coast Guard member says the help has lifted morale during an uncertain time. Worst again, the annual study on pedestrian safety ranks Florida as the most dangerous state in the Union for walking. Emiko Atherton is director of the National Complete Streets Association.
4: Eight of the top metro regions in the country in Florida. So that means that, you know, Florida is the most dangerous or the deadliest place to walk in the United States.
2: Orlando is the worst metro area for pedestrians in the nation once again. Why, why is that, Alan? Do you, is there any reason for that or at least theories? I don't know. All of the top six are in Florida, including Jacksonville, Melbourne, and Daytona Beach. Atherton says that pedestrian deaths are going up even as overall traffic fatalities are going down. That's weird yeah. to me. And finally, Boeing is testing an air taxi with no pilot. A yeah, test was right. carried out Tuesday near the Washington, D.C., and saw the 30-foot-long prototype take off and hover for about a minute. Boeing and its competitors are hoping these small flying vehicles will become a crucial part of transportation in the future. You don't have to worry about drunk pilots, though. That's uh, a plus, right? Yeah, you know, and they tell us that uh, you know, the, you put it on autopilot, and uh-huh. the, the plane can basically fly itself. Oh boy! Yeah,
8: <laughs> yeah, I've seen those movies.
2: WFLA news time is six thirty-six. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio ninety-three point one WFLA. Get these stories and more at
1: WFLAOrlando.com. Here's one of the stories we're following for you this morning. President Trump might soon have some good news for the Panhandle. Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday he expects Trump will make an announcement this week about funding for Hurricane Michael recovery efforts. In a speech in Miami yesterday, DeSantis says the announcement will be pretty big and it could come as soon as today. He did not reveal any details, though. Updates at least every 10 minutes on these stories throughout the morning here on Good Morning Orlando. News,
0: weather, traffic. Traffic, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And good
1: morning. It is Rob in for Bud. We're talking about President Trump's announcement just last night, as a matter of fact, that he will not be doing the State of the Union address on time as was scheduled for January 29th. He will delay that speech to Congress until after the shutdown. So that was big news. There was talk that he might deliver it just to the Senate. There was talk that he may do it from another venue. And it turns out that Nancy Pelosi essentially will get her, her wish. First, she was concerned, or said she was concerned, about security a couple weeks back. And then it became, well, not security, but we're concerned that the President will use the time to trash Democrats and blame the shutdown on them, which may very well have happened
9: oh i'm sure it would have happened and this is what <laughs> people on the right were saying from the beginning that she just did not want to give trump the platform yeah but every president of the united states used the state they use they always use the state of the union as a platform always every time
1: they're trying to get their side to stand up and applaud and
9: it's become a political speech we oh yeah. all know
1: it <laughs> no it is it's absolutely a, a political speech So it it will happen, but not uh, before the shutdown. Uh, Yaffe, we've got some text messages on the shutdown, yes?
9: Uh, Yes. Uh, One person says today's headline is Trump caves on the State of the Union and Nancy wins. Tomorrow's headline will be Trump caves on the wall and Nancy wins again. So the texter is predicting that Trump's going to cave on the wall next.
1: Yeah, I hope not. And we've brought this up a number of times. I'm actually... Not really shocked, but I'm disappointed that part of one of the agreements that he set forward to uh, the Democrats to get the shutdown done and get some of his wall built is that he would allow some sort of amnesty for the Dreamers, the DACA kids who are now in their 20s or late 20s, and because he feels this would help get it done. But amnesty is amnesty, and if you're against amnesty, you got to be consistent. While the kids broke no laws technically because they were brought here as children, they had no control over that. Their parents broke the law. And just like the the children of a criminal who may benefit by the booty of their robberies or whatever, they gotta give the money back. And it should be the same for the DACA kids. You can't benefit by crimes committed
9: by your parents. Uh any more texts? Do we have any more up there? Uh yeah, one person says, uh this is a small victory for Nancy now but it will be a big victory for Trump later.
1: Okay, so a couple of challenging views there. Matt from uh, Claremont uh, on the shutdown. Good morning.
11: Good morning. You know, the Constitution lets the president adjourn the Congress if they have uh, disagreements over the timing, and he could reconvene them and have a major address to build the wall and declare a national emergency.
1: He may they do will th- pass his proposal. Yeah, I got you, but he may do that during the State of the Union address. Are you saying it's too late because they will already have come to well, some sort of I mean, agreement?
11: After he gets these appointments through, and he's they're done voting on this compromise, then he could. Uh, the Republicans could do that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for your call, Matt. That's I, I guess it's a possibility because I believe it is in the Constitution the President can reconvene. However, I I think what he's doing, he must have an end game, and that end game must be, he will have two victories. He will have one that he'll get some funding for the wall somehow, because he's going to force Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi to to make the next move, and that next move will lead to some sort of funding for the wall.
9: Yeah, I reported this on my show last night. It didn't get a lot of attention, but Politico had this story. Apparently, there are some centrist Democrats in the House right now that are calling on Nancy Pelosi to kind of make her own proposal and counter-compromise. So yep. there are some in the Democrat Party as well that the are wanting, yeah, exactly. uh, wanting some kind of compromise here. Maybe not exactly what Trump asked for, but something similar. But obviously, the radicals in the Democrat Party don't want any compromise. Refresh my memory.
8: Didn't the Democrats want a wall? <laughs> yes. But it wasn't President Trump when they wanted Oh, see, so at this other, point now it's just pettiness.
1: Some other guy. Well, they guy. wanted
8: a fence, you know. No, they did totally a different, huh?
1: <laughs> uh, Yaffe mentioned uh, radicalized the Democrats. Don't we have a cut from the president on that?
7: I'm not surprised. Uh, it's really a, a shame uh, what's happening with the Democrats. They've become radicalized.
1: Uh, they don't want to see crime stop, which we can easily do on the southern border. Yeah, he makes an interesting point. Now, I know it's more name-calling. However, you've got to look at the Democrat uh, Party now, especially with uh, Ocasio. Uh, a-
9: a- AOC, that's yeah, what I call it. A-
1: AOC. A- occasional Cuisinart or <laughs> AOC, right. Um So, yeah, it's gone more to the left, and you can say radicalized, although we associate that word sometimes with violence and such. We don't want to do that. Bertha, you have an opinion. Welcome to the show.
4: Okay. We don't know if there's fires or what. We should have a problem with that. Don't you think so?
8: Uh, I think I, so. I,
1: I didn't get the, the first part of that, Bertha. Repeat, please.
8: Hey, Bertha, you're having your own show, but Rob's got you on the air now, so go yeah, ahead and start human. want you
4: to mention that to him off the air. We need to talk about that.
8: what well, you and I All need right. to talk off the air? Well,
1: that's going to make for a boring... Okay, bye, bye, Bertha. <laughs> that would be a boring show, me talking to Bertha off the
8: air. I know. I we know. play some music. Or? Like she, yeah, we could do that. You just talk sing. about all
1: the animals that could be out if you leave food out for Sing a along camp? yourselves. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> More on the shutdown. Also talking about the Venezuela, some interesting things happening there. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio ninety-three point one WFLA. <laughs> Here's one of the top stories we're covering for you this morning. Unions representing air traffic controllers, pilots, and flight attendants are sounding the alarm at the ongoing government shutdown that it's threatening air safety. In a joint statement, the union said, We cannot even calculate the level of risk currently at play, nor predict the point at which the entire system will break. And we'll have those and... Many more stories coming up here on Good Morning Orlando.
0: News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA.
2: Rob, if I could jump in here with something real quick. You know, we've got this uh, weather that's moving uh, through the area. At this point, I don't think I could say no. Rains uh, and uh, gusty winds, and we actually have... uh, Evidence of the winds uh, at Orlando Executive Airport moments ago, uh, wind gust was measured at 40 miles an hour. Oh, that's pretty strong. Yeah, we had one 39 miles an hour just a few minutes ago at Ormond-by-the-Sea over on the coast, and also at the uh, Sanford Airport. Uh, they measured a, a wind gust of 39 miles an hour, those from the coming from the west and southwest. As, gotcha. this, uh, as this weather moves through the area, and we're expecting the rain to hang around for another hour or so... Uh, this really strong stuff is moving through rapidly, but the rain will hang around for a couple hours and then we're in for a cool down, but sunshine as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We were talking to the AccuWeather uh, meteorologist and, uh, turns out that it's going to be a sunny afternoon. All this mess will be out of the way and yeah. it'll be a little cooler. So that'll be nice. Venezuela is collapsing. It really is. It's an awful thing. Go figure. Go figure. Socialist, uh, comp- uh, country and uh, maduro the knucklehead leader that's driven the the country into you know 10,000% uh, inflation rate and so forth is now uh being challenged uh by the opposition leader and our very own rick scott the former governor of florida had this to say
6: I'm going to do everything I can to be be supportive of the interim president, and you know my expectation is uh, Juan Giardo will, will follow the constitution, uh, to, you know, call for elections as quickly as possible, uh, and you know, you know, provide freedom and liberty to everybody in Venezuela.
1: Opposition leader Juan Guaido, he was referring to there, and Maduro, in the meantime, has now cut all ties with the U.S., and that would seem to be at their detriment. But that's what the decision was. And as Rick Scott uh, mentioned, we're going to do all we can to maintain communication with the leader to be, or at least the uh, the opposition leader. Gaffey?
9: Um, yeah, I was going to update that as well. According to Secretary Mike Pompeo, he put this out on Twitter, he says that they will, the U.S. will continue to conduct diplomatic relations with Venezuela and will not listen to the Maduro regime in terms ah. of evacuating the diplomats. So they're recognizing the new interim president and basically saying when Maduro says we're cutting relations, Pompeo's saying you can't because you're not the real president now.
1: Well, that's pretty significant because when the U.S. says you're legitimate, it pretty much means that you're going to be thought of as the president of that country. And uh, so too bad for Maduro. I don't know what's going to happen to him. But usually these guys, uh, they're either sent to Paris in, in exile or they meet a... Means that aren't uh, that great, like uh, what's his face in the back of the truck in Libya? Gaddafi. <laughs> Gaddafi, yeah. yeah so uh, good luck to Mr. Maduro, I guess.
8: So, what do you think about Rick Scott's uh, idea of turning them into a sponsor, a state sponsor of terror, and then cutting all aid and stuff to them?
1: Well, it, it seems like what Yaffe just said about Pompeo tweeting that that's not going to happen. Pompeo wants uh, diplomatic relations with them. And again, we try to disassociate ourselves with state sponsors of terror. Now, under Maduro, if Maduro stays in power, I would think that that's something we would have to worry about. But it looks like this thing is not you know, weeks or months away. This sounds like it may be days away before we have an official change of government since we've now gone ahead and recognized uh, Yagardo, I believe his name is, the opposition leader.
9: I was going to say, it really depends on the next few days, like you said, and depends what the Venezuelan military does. Yeah. which side they come down on. It's hard to tell right now. You could have some violence there, unfortunately. It could break down in the full civil war.
1: Yeah, you'd obviously want to avoid that. That's uh, never good for anybody. But, you know, it, it happens when these governments turn over. But you can't keep the current situation the way it is. You've got folks that are fleeing to Colombia by the tens of thousands and uh, other countries as well. You have people that are starving, and there's more crime because people are stealing food, not money. The mon- money's worthless, essentially. And it's, a, it's an awful situation. We've seen this situation in other places in the world before, and it usually, again, leads to either the death or the uh, exile of the leader. We saw it in Haiti with Papa Doc and Baby Doc and uh, Doc Severinsen and uh, the Doc that's coming on here at uh, 8, what's his name? Uh Ken Cronus, Dr. Ken Cronus. So no, like, I, yeah, th- I, th- I don't
9: remember him being involved no. in Wait, nah. what?
1: <laughs> Well, I mean I could have listened I'm new, I could have got that wrong. Doc you know, is Doc huh? is here, Doc is not here.
8: What? Where, where? Where's Doc? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that is some wild and wacky stuff.
8: You guys are crazy. It's just about the top uh, of the hour, boys. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Look at that.
2: And we're gonna be talking about uh the latest on the weather situation, rainy and windy stuff moving through central Florida. And an update on the uh, tragic situation in Sebring, where five people were Awful killed story. in this bank shooting.
0: WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3, Mount Dora, Orlando. And W226BT, Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning Orlando,
1: this is Rob Marinko in for Bud Henninger at uh, six, seven o'clock. This is Orlando's news, weather and traffic on news radio 93.1 WFLA. And
2: I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, five killed in a Sebring bank shooting. We'll have the latest in one minute.
1: A national Medicare for all plan has received the lowest favorability score in the Kaiser family poll.
3: Today's been a tragic day in our community. We've suffered a significant loss at the hands of a senseless criminal doing a senseless crime.
2: That's Carl Hoagland, police chief of the south-central Florida city of Sebring, where a shooting in a bank left five people dead. The chief says a former corrections officer, 20-year-old Zephan Zafer, entered the SunTrust bank in the city and began shooting yesterday. A SWAT team entered the bank, located the victims, and took Zafer into custody. So far, there's no word on a motive in the shooting. Governor Ron DeSantis says the state will be assisting local law enforcement. I've asked
9: the uh, FDLE to provide whatever resources uh, we can at the state level to insist uh, with the investigation. And obviously, uh, this is an individual needs to
2: face very swift and exacting justice. Zafer is expected to make his first court appearance today. Names of the victims have yet to be released. We may learn them later this morning. Strong storms with heavy rains and gusty winds are moving through central Florida this morning. AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager says the rain will hang around for another hour or two and then...
6: By late morning and afternoon, it's drying out. Clouds break for sun. We've probably already reached our high temperature for the day in the low 70s, so temperatures will probably drop drop back a bit into the 60s before rebounding to about 70. But yeah, there is some sunshine on the way for later today, so much different picture out there on the uh, drive home versus the drive in.
2: The AccuWeather forecast calls for a low in Orlando tonight of 45 degrees. And
1: Alan, we're going to have uh, an AccuWeather meteorologist. Give us the very latest. Here, just a couple of minutes.
2: All right. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Unions representing air traffic controllers, pilots, and flight attendants warn the shutdown of the government is threatening air safety. The unions issued a joint statement saying they can't even calculate the level of risk nor predict at which point the entire system will break down. Air traffic controllers are being forced to work without pay because of the shutdown, and they often work overtime. President Trump won't deliver his State of the Union address until the government reopens, that after the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi sent out a letter yesterday saying she won't allow the speech in the House until the shutdown ends. In a lengthy tweet late Wednesday night, President Trump says he will delay giving the State of the Union address until after the government shutdown. The president tweeting that
6: he is not looking for an alternative venue and that no venue can, quote, compete with the history, tradition and importance of the House chamber. Adding that he looks forward to giving a great State of the Union address in the near future. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi tweeting in reply that by near future, she hopes that he means he will support the House past packages to end the partial government shutdown. The Senate is slated to vote today on competing bills to reopen the government. In Washington, Shadlancho, Fox News.
2: President Trump might soon have some good news for the Florida panhandle. Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday he expects Trump will say something this week about funding for Hurricane Michael recovery efforts. DeSantis said the announcement from the president will be pretty big, and it could come as soon as today. WFLA time is 7.06. Ben & Jerry's debuts three new flavors, each with a cookie dough core. Mm. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. I second that. Ugh. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1, WFLA.
9: Mm. He made a yummy
1: sound. I actually <laughs> did. I believe I did make a yummy sound. that's yes. gross. So uh, we're talking about uh, Medicare for for all and how it's not that popular. Uh, Also, we're going to have a meteorologist come up and uh, give us the very latest from AccuWeather of this weird weather that's moving through. But first, I think you've got some money to give
2: away. $1,000. It's our grand-in-your-hand texting contest, Rob, where we invite you to listen for the key word of the hour, which is coming up momentarily. And when you hear the big voice guy come on and say, this is the keyword of the hour, you text that keyword to 200-200, you could be winning $1,000. Now, keep in mind, once you text 200-200 with the keyword, uh, be watching your phone. If you get a call from the 513 area code, that could be us telling us you've won $1,000. So you might want to pick it up. Probably yeah, should. That's yeah. what I'm right. saying. You could be winning $1,000 from us.
1: Yeah, I get so excited when I just get a call. like Pick up every call you can. That is sad. It really is. That is kind of sad. <laughs> Have some ice cream. <laughs> we'll get the uh, latest on the weather that's creeping through our area. It's kind of strong in places, and also Medicare for all may not be that popular. Traffic and news together. Uh, traffic and weather together. Here's one of the top stories we're following for you this morning. Residents of Volusia County are rallying its support to uh, those affected by the government shutdown. Thousands of dollars worth of food and other items have been donated this week to Coast Guard members working without pay at the Ponce de Leon Inlet Station. One Coast Guard member says the help has lifted morale during an uncertain time. Updates at least every 10 minutes on these stories throughout the morning here on
0: Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA.
1: It is Rob in for Bud on Good Morning Orlando, and we've got some nasty weather moving through our area. And to give us the very latest on the weather, Bill Dager from AccuWeather. Bill, good morning
6: hey, good morning again.
1: So what is the latest?
6: Well, the latest is the heaviest part of the thunderstorms now moving east of Orlando, approaching the Space Coast. Now we saw some wind gusts between about 40 and 45 miles per hour, probably brought down a few tree limbs in some areas. But now it's just the rain in the wake of those thunderstorms still some flashes of lightning expected we'll see this rain continue for another hour or two and then it will be drying out for the rest of the day after that
1: yeah we caught a nice uh, rumble of thunder here at the studios and later on we're going to see some sunshine a little bit cooler
6: yeah, a little bit cooler. Some sunshine. Temperatures uh, pro- pretty much already have reached their high for the day earlier. We hit about 70 earlier on, uh, probably falling through the 60s here for the next couple of hours, rebounding to the low 70s later today, and clouds break for sun this afternoon, and we got sun in the forecast tomorrow and Saturday, but uh, cooler afternoons. Low 60s tomorrow, mid-60s uh, for Saturday.
1: Well, that sounds nice. So good weekend ahead. Uh, Bill Dagger, thank you for checking in with us from uh, AccuWeather. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Have a good day. All right. So we've been talking about this Medicare study that came out, and it's a, a little bit surprising. It's Medicare for all. It's the one-payer system that have been talked about. Really, it's uh, been talked about mostly on the uh, Democratic side of the aisle. Uh, so a national Medicare for all plan has received the lowest favorability score in the Kaiser Family Foundation's January tracking poll, so they keep track of this stuff constantly. It was released yesterday, some 56% of the respondents said that they favor Medicare for all. 56% is uh, quite a bit below what it was at one time. Uh, All Americans would get their insurance from a single government plan. And of course, on the more conservative side, we look at that and we kind of get chills down our spine because that means essentially the government, since they're going to pay the bill, will have control over a large portion of your life. What you eat, how much you weigh, uh, how much exercise you get, whether you smoke—those sort of things were you and I consider them freedoms, and we never thought they'd be questioned. But if you start getting the, the government involved in these plans, uh, and that you know, it's one of the big problem we have with the single payer deal when it's the government because they're going to have more to do with stuff like that. Love to take your phone calls on this. Four zero seven nine one six. 5400, toll free, 866-916-5400. I don't know. I Listen, I, the Obama thing turned out to be terrible. Now, I understand there are parts of Obamacare that people like, and, and I get that, that the entire plan isn't horrible, and thank goodness that President Trump corrected that awful part of the plan that said, if you don't buy something we're selling, we're going to penalize you financially. And I never thought that the Supreme Court, let alone John Roberts, would cast the deciding vote on that. But in fact, he did. I am wondering if we're still of that, that, that state of mind where you, you want medical coverage so bad and you believe in your mind that it's it's cheap that you'll give up all sorts of personal privacy rights and other rights just to have it. Yeah, Fee?
9: Well, I was just gonna say, when it comes to Medicare for all and Obamacare, it's one of the, it's those things that sound good. You oh, know, the yeah. idea of free healthcare for free all sounds great, but the devil is in the details. Polls show that when people actually understand what happens under Medicare for all, like longer wait times and higher taxes, then all of a sudden they're not as for it as they used to be. So yeah, and you.
1: You know, you always have the example if you're on the other side of the issue, which I happen to be the more conservative side of healthcare. You have to cite and you have to note the folks that come here from countries that have single single payer healthcare. But as you accurately commented, Yaffe, that just the wait times because so many medical issues can be life threatening. The wait times can kill you, especially if you need cancer treatment, a treatment of a tumor that's rapidly growing things like that, that's why they come here to this country, because we have superior medical care, because the government isn't as involved, and you don't have to wait as long as you do. So the argument that, oh, you know, the Canadians love their health care, the English love theirs, and so on and so forth, well, there's a reason you can't deny that a lot of those folks come here when it comes to something major. So where do we go if we get this nationalized health care? Where do we go when we really need that surgery, that life-saving care.
9: Yeah, I was going to say a lot of people in Canada and Britain do love nationalized health care when they're healthy. Yeah, when they When they get sick, all of a sudden they realize how damaging it can be. So the polls show that like half the country loves it because half the country isn't really using it or needing it. But a lot of the sick people, once they really need it, that's when they're like, oh, this is a disaster.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize it was going to be like this. Susan uh, calling in. Good morning, Susan.
4: Yeah, good morning, um, Rob. I think that's your name, right, Rob? It is. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just want to make a comment about, um, you know, you're commenting about smoking and things like that nature. Insurance companies already do that. They already will offer you different premiums for people who smoke versus people who don't smoke. They also do, like, health assessments under the guise of, you know, trying to help you lose weight and one thing or another. So I really see little difference in having an insurance company telling me how many uh, things I can do on my plan and with their limitations and exclusions versus something that the government might do. At least the government is not going to be in it solely to make a profit, which is the ob- objective of any insurance company is to make a profit.
1: Well, of, of course. They're, and they're that's the in main reason that
4: we need to get away from health insurance and we need to embrace the concept of health care.
1: I have an idea f- for you, Susan. I'd like to challenge you.
4: And I used to work for a health insurance company. Uh,
1: I, I understand, but I, I have a challenge for you. Actually, just a question. I don't want to challenge you.
4: Okay.
1: I have a doctor friend who is going to be running for Congress in the next couple of years, and he had what I think is a terrific idea to lower costs, not to have a new health care system, not to have a government system, but to lower costs and, um, and, and have a better relationship between patient, their doctor, and their insurance company. And that is r- demand doctors and hospitals and medical centers advertise their prices. You advertise what it is to get an MRI. And what he did, he did something very interesting. He's in, from Los Ooh. Angeles. He called four different medical centers, and they were the biggest in Southern California. And all he asked for was what they charge for an MRI, okay. and I think it was based on one body MRI, uh, whatever it was. But there were it was it was something that was common through for all of them. Number one, he found it almost impossible to find somebody at the hospital that could give him a price. Mm-hmm. Number two, when he did get the prices, they varied by up to two hundred percent for the cost. Now, you cannot tell me that health care costs would be lowered if you have two hospitals, you type in on Google who has the best MRI and for the least amount of money, hospital A has it for $2,500. Okay. Hospital B has it for $1,000. Okay. You cannot tell me the prices Part will the not go down. Part
4: of the problem with that, though, with the, with the um, cost differentials and everything, actually has to do with insurance because you have hospitals that charge different fees for based on different fee schedules that they have with insurance. They charge sometimes different prices for people that don't have insurance. So I really feel that we need to get the insurance out of the picture. Uh, I, I think the insurance has completely screwed up health care in this country, and it started from a long time ago. Susan,
1: very good call. We're up against a break. Thank you so much for calling in, and, uh, and very good points uh, as well. We're going to talk uh, about this more. It's obviously a very interesting and a personal subject and take more of your phone calls. That and Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here's one of the stories we're covering for you this morning. President Trump says he'll give his State of the Union address when the government shutdown is over. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi canceled next week's scheduled speech Saying it shouldn't happen until the government is fully funded again. Trump had said earlier that he was looking at other options for the address, but on Twitter Wednesday night, he said he's not looking for an alternative site. Updates uh, every 10 minutes uh, throughout the morning here on Good Morning Orlando.
0: iHeartRadio is the easy to use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today.
1: Hey there, it's Rob in for Bud on Good Morning Orlando, taking your phone calls. we got a few of them here on health care and whether the federal government should take it over. Robert, good morning. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando.
6: Hey, you know, all I'd have to say to your previous caller is we did have, or we do actually have government-run health care. It's a disaster. It's through the VA. I'm a Navy vet. I was a corpsman when I was served. And, you know, it's so bad that the president had to sign an executive order, so we could go get care at hospitals because the VA couldn't handle us. The waits were too long. Our guys are dying out there. We don't need that. Our, our system is fine. We just need to get back on our regular insurance and, and maybe, you know, some of the Republican ideas about being able to have insurance across state lines or would help the marketplace. But government-run health care is a disaster.
1: Robert, I had a good friend of mine, a Vietnam vet, tell me that that's one of the things he thinks is a real good improvement to the care for vets, is allowing them to go to their personal doctor or any hospital to get care and then get reimbursed by the VA because that does, in fact, cut way down on the weight. And some of these guys have died waiting, and we hear stories about uh, suicides in the parking lots with uh, guys sitting on top of their uh, medical records because they had to wait so long for the VA to do something that they just gave up, which is, I can't think of a more horrible uh, tragedy to talk about but uh, yeah it's interesting thank you for your call Robert. Barry uh, would like to chime in welcome to the show Barry.
11: Hey good morning. good morning. Good morning. I'm enjoying the sober discussion. Oh thank you um, good. Even handedness that you're you're giving your callers appreciate that it seems like uh, we all just want to fight we don't want to solve problems anymore so uh, appreciate it.
6: Any ideas? Um, on
11: the uh, yeah on the health care issue uh uh good idea as far as the uh, showing the pricing. The other couple of things that uh, experts in this have, have uh, suggested is that there be a guarantee of results, uh, kind of like what happens in the uh, plastic surgery I- I- industry, is they guarantee a result. If you don't get the result, you come back and they make it right. Um, and then the other thing is that... Uh,
1: Nancy Pelosi would be happy about that. <laughs> I, nah, I
11: told you we're not supposed to be fighting.
1: I here. know. I just it was just uh, a joke. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Keep it sober.
11: <laughs> That's right. And then and then finally, um, uh, what was the other point? Yeah. Thanks a lot. You just threw me right off.
1: <laughs> oh, <come laughs> oh on. you know what? I'm but, uh, sorry. Guarantee of results Yeah. Then, go ahead. Um,
11: and then we don't get our health insurance through our employers. Yeah. That started after World War II. I got gotcha. you. Instead, the employer give you give the employee a certain amount of money. That employee decides where they want to where, where they want to spend it. Whenever a person has the money, I they it. spend it wisely versus when
2: it's just a blank check.
1: Barry, thank so thank you so comments. thank you so much for the call, a very sober call, and, and yeah. uh, thanks for the for the kind words as well. But we and we Barry
2: do. getting thrown off by you. he yeah. no, he now knows how the rest of us feel on Good Morning Orlando. Wow, Hey, wow. I can throw you all off. Holy. What's coming
8: up in the news, boys? Holy hey,
2: smokes, we've got the latest on that tragic shooting in uh, Sebring that occurred yesterday at a bank. Awful story, and an update on the weather situation. Some nasty stuff that's been rolling through central Florida on its way to the uh, Space Coast at this
1: moment. Good morning. It is good morning, Orlando. Bud, uh, Bud in for Rob. No, it's Rob in for Bud. Bud will be back uh, Monday. Alan, you've got the very latest on this horrible story from Sebring.
2: That's right, Rob. Five people are dead after a man opened fire at a bank in south central Florida. The suspect called authorities himself from the SunTrust Bank in Sebring shortly after 12.30 yesterday afternoon and alerted them of the shooting. Sebring Police Chief Carl Hoagland described that initial call.
3: This afternoon at approximately 12.36 p.m., officers of the Sebring Police Department and the Highlands County Sheriff's Office responded to a bank located at 1901 U.S. Highway 27 South after a subject contacted our Consolidated Dispatch Center and said that he had entered the bank and began shooting.
2: Hoagland said 21-year-old Zefan Zaver then barricaded himself inside the bank, causing a SWAT response. He eventually surrendered and was arrested. Uh, We do know that uh, Zaver is a former corrections officer who lived in Sebring. We don't know why he did what he did. The FBI is working with state and local law enforcement on the investigation, names of the victims are expected to be released today.
1: Yeah, you know, here here's something. And I don't know how you feel about this, Alan, but I, I'm I'm growing more confident in in my feelings about this. First of all, I, I don't know if I'm interested in a, a motive. It's it's a horrible thing he did. The other thing is, I don't know since we don't know why some of these crazies or, or these people do these things. I think as as much that I love the news. I I think I, I would advocate for not releasing the name of the, these killers. I yeah. don't know. I think I really would. Because what, what does that add to the story? So you know well, the guy. But, y- you know, I think it may actually may incur Because people know after they do it, hey, I'm going to be famous or infamous.
2: Yeah, the the victims and families of victims of the Pulse shooting here in Orlando uh, a couple of years ago have been asking that uh, media not mention the name of yeah. the gunman. Yep. And we've been kind of adhering to that. Good, good. The weather is calming down in the Orlando area this morning as a line of storms with heavy rains and gusty winds moves east. AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager.
6: We saw some wind gusts between about 40 and 45 miles per hour. So probably brought down a few tree limbs in some areas. But now it's just the rain in the wake of those thunderstorms. Still some flashes of lightning expected. We'll see this rain continue for another hour or two, and then it will be drying out for the rest of the day after that.
2: AccuWeather's forecasting a cool down later in the day and a low tonight of 45 in the Orlando area. These cooler temps will hang around into the weekend. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Gas prices in Florida are holding steady after rising an average of 11 cents a gallon last week. That's according to AAA's Mark Jenkins.
11: Uh, the average price in Florida is
6: 2.23, dollars um, just a couple of cents more than what we were paying last week, but uh, still very well below what we were paying this time last year. Uh, we're saving about 25 cents at the pump.
2: As of this morning, AAA reports the average price for a gallon of regular in Metro Orlando is $2.18, which is actually down a couple of cents from last week. All right. President Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, is delaying his testimony before Congress due to what he calls ongoing threats by the President of the United States against his family. Cohen's attorney, Lanny Davis, released a statement saying the family has received threats from President Trump and Rudy Giuliani as recently as this weekend. Cohen was scheduled to testify publicly before the House Oversight Committee on February 7th. Elsewhere... There may or may not have been a Bigfoot sighting in Utah. Really? Utah. A cameraman took some video of what some say is the legendary Sasquatch near Provo earlier this month. The large creature can be seen making its way up a hill from several hundred yards away. He's always several hundred (laughs) yards away. (laughs) And the Uh, image is always blurry, as uh it is in this case. Uh It's not definitive proof of Bigfoot, of course, but the video has gotten about 5,000 views. And has many people wondering. Hmm. They're wondering about the person who posted the video. Yeah, exactly, I saw it, right.
8: and yeah, it's just like some very large blur, very like you know, a half a mile away. It when, always
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, and uh, just an advisory. I know it's a theme that we've. It's gone on the last couple of days. Do not, if you want to see big food, don't do not feed leave food. the Sasquatch. Do, don't yeah. leave food out, okay? Because it just it just means trouble.
2: But apparently, if you just turn on a camera he'll automatically he'll be do. several hundred yards away <laughs> and blurry. So,
8: Oh, there's a camera. That'll Blur. take care of it.
2: <laughs> Valentine's Day may be missing a traditional sweet treat this year. The candy company that has minted Sweethearts for decades went bankrupt and closed last July, putting a temporary end to an era.
1: Now, those are the little candies with the little sayings yeah, on them, like, I love you. Exactly.
2: And, mm-hmm. The New England Confection Company, better known as Necco, Remember Necco Wafers? Mm-hmm. Love those. Uh, that company was bought out by Spangler Candy Company, and now they intend to bring back the conversational Sweethearts candies next season. Candystore.com says Necco produced
1: around 8 billion of those candy hearts every year. And I want to say there's a stat out there somewhere, but it's the favorite can- uh, candy of stalkers, oddly enough.
9: <laughs> is that is that a specific, is that a real stat yeah, specific? You know, I yeah. love yeah. You, Very, right? Happy, right along. happy Valentine's Day oh, from Rob scient- Marinko. Very scientific <laughs> stats by Rob. M-A-R-I. By the way, yes. I heard you can buy last year's candies <laughs> on eBay. eBay.
2: Yeah, I got some of last year's candy for you, and too. it
9: probably tastes the same. Can't, yeah. Candy you know,
1: keeps just
8: like pre- chalk, pretty
1: well,
9: doesn't it? <laughs> well, those
1: <laughs>
8: right? those uh, chalky wafers. Oh, and, they don't. They
1: yeah. don't go bad. They'll be here for a thousand years. <laughs>
9: exactly.
1: And
2: finally, if you all will indulge me a personal moment here, sure. It was. Two years ago today, right about this time, that I announced on Good Morning Orlando the birth of my first grandchild. She's gorgeous. Isla, thank you, Melissa. Isla Rose Specter is two years old today. Now, we we found out she was going to be a a girl through Uh these... One of these gender reveal parties? Oh, yeah. Was it yeah. one of
8: the um, the cheese, uh, the cheese and macaroni and cheese ones?
2: This no, this was <laughs> this was a cake. Okay. You know, and you cut into the cake, and if it's pink, pink it's, it's a girl; a girl blue, it's blue, it's a boy. Right. Now yeah. we have another take on this. Mm-hmm. An Italian restaurant chain is oh, serving no. up a creative way for expectant parents to reveal the gender of their babies. Villa Italian Kitchen is now offering. Gender reveal lasagna. Oh. oh boy! When the soon-to-be parents cut into the lasagna, they'll see either pink or blue-dyed oh. cheese. I'm not so, eating you that. You don't want
1: pink or blue cheese. The
2: party package also <laughs> includes garlic rolls and salad, and will run customers
9: $140. Wow! Can I just say, this trend is go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess lasagna as a joke and it ended up actually no, being was lasagna. true. Hey,
1: I,
2: Melissa, that joke was no Gouda. Hey!
1: Wow, Villa, there we go. Villa That's Italian
2: it. Kitchen promises it'll be a delicious memory for new parents to cherish
1: forever. And one more time, happy birthday to Isla Rose. Happy birthday, Isla Rose, you little two-year-old cutie. Mm-hmm. There we go. So uh, we're going to talk more about uh, the Medicare situation and invite your phone calls as well. We have that and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on news Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here's one of the stories we're following for you this morning. The State Department says it does not consider an order by Nicolas Maduro for U.S. personnel to leave Venezuela in the next few days as legal. Maduro issued the statement soon after President Trump recognized Juan Gardio. As the country's president, Maduro was sworn in as the nation's president for a second six-year term a couple of weeks ago. Guardio took the oath of office and declared himself the president. Updates at least every 10 minutes on these stories throughout the morning here on Good Morning
0: Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe.
1: Good morning, it is Rob Marinko in for Bud Hedinger. It is good morning, Orlando. We're taking your phone calls at uh, 407-916-5400 or toll-free 866-916-5400. Would love to hear what you have to say on the uh, Medicare for All or the feds taking over your medical
8: care. Do we have precisely. a few texts, though, about this. Let's here. hear some texts, Melissa. Well, Susan called in earlier, as you recall, and she was talking about um, the government controlling. And a lot of people have responded by saying Susan doesn't understand that the government already controls health care by limiting insurance availability. Allow the free market into health insurance, that guy says.
1: Yeah, well, I I mentioned my friend Doc uh, Mm -hmm. from LA, my my a friend, the physician, I should say, and uh, and he is all for the free marketplace. As a matter of fact, he would go after a few years of of releasing and posting prices from physicians, doctors, medical care, uh, uh, medical facilities and hospitals, that the prices would drop so much precipitously Mm -hmm. because of the competition that there may not even be a need for insurance except for maybe, uh, what do they call it, a catastrophic coverage.
8: Another person texted that hospitals and doctors charge the same amount whether a person had insurance or not. So would they just accept the lower amount from an insurance company? Were they going to pocket the difference with the person that pays out? One thing I have found out
1: is if you go to them and say, hey, I don't have all this money and I don't have insurance, but I have cash. I don't have the whole bill, but I can give you 500 bucks over the next a few weeks or whatever it is, that most of them will say, yeah, we'll take it.
9: Yeah, I've, I think one of the solutions to this, and it's already being implemented in a lot of places, but it's... Health savings accounts, yeah, you know,
8: FHAs, I think they're called. Yeah,
1: SHA. S- S-
9: S- yes. What is it? HSA. H-S-A. There H-S-A. We go. It's not like
8: flex spending though, right? Does it roll over, or do you have to use it? By it
9: rolls. Every- it, no, the health okay. savings accounts rolls over, and they usually give you a card. Because I have it, uh-huh. and one thing I noticed is I pay attention more to how much things cost because I have that. So when I'm actually having to spend my own money, even though it's in a health savings account, and a lot of it comes from my work. It's still me spending, wanting to know how much it costs, where instead, if you have a copay and you just have insurance, you don't care. You don't think about it. Oh, yes, you do. So you shop <laughs> around a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I asked a doctor, this just a few weeks ago, uh, and, uh, over a, a procedure that was a pretty much uh, voluntary. And I said, how much does this thing cost? Because I wanted to know whether I really needed it or not. And he said, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to, I'll have to find out for you. Can you imagine, like, uh, going to your auto me- mechanic and saying, uh, I need f- new front brakes, how much are they? And he says, um, don't really know. I'll have to figure out they know. Yeah. How. So
9: Susan know. was definitely on to something she when she talked yeah. about health insurance companies. It's just her solution, and a lot of people on the left, their solution is, well, then the government should take it over. Yeah, well, then and, we'll and, never know uh, how much it costs. <laughs> they
1: forget that the government does not have a good track record. We heard with some uh, some of our vets calling in and uh, communicating with us that the the some of the worst service they've received is from the VA. However, to be fair, I do have a, a Vietnam vet uh, friend that praises the, the VA and said in his situation he's received very good medical care and he will not complain, but I've had more vets say to me that they they're not happy with the care.
8: Well, the new thing that they can go to a, a different care provider is awesome, for, for the VA anyway. As for government health care, no, no, no. Keep them out of it. All right, uh, more of your phone
1: calls uh, when we return. Just a couple minutes. And here's one of the stories we're following for you this morning. UCF might take action against its president for the school's illegal spending. The Board of Trustees will meet today to discuss withholding performance bonuses from President Dale Whitaker. State officials announced last year that the school broke the law by using millions of operational funding for building construction. If the board votes to suspend Whitaker's bonus pay, that would amount to over $100,000 for this year alone and 2018 combined together. We're going to cover those stories and more throughout the morning hey there alan how are you Good. i'm glad
2: and i'm uh, glad i'm glad you're here yes i'm glad everyone's here uh-huh. and i i need to uh... mention that uh... we've got uh... a tornado warning that has been issued for brevard county by oh. the national weather service this covers uh, actually uh... northwestern indian river county and south central brevard county and it's in effect until eight fifteen this morning At uh, 7.45, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located near Blue Cypress Lake, moving northeast at 40 miles an hour. Again, the National Weather Service issuing a tornado warning for northwestern Indian River County and south-central Brevard County in effect until 8.15.
1: So it's headed out to sea, essentially, but uh, be extra careful. Uh, Warnings are to be taken seriously, obviously. It is good morning, Orlando. It is Rob in for Bud and Alan. We just want to update you on uh, some very uh, severe weather here. Alan, go ahead.
2: Yeah. In the past few minutes, the National Weather Service at Melbourne issued a tornado warning for northwestern Indian River County and south central Brevard County. In effect until 8:15 a.m., a severe thunderstorm uh, capable of producing a tornado was located about 7:45 near Blue Cypress Lake, moving northeast at 40 miles an hour. Again, a uh, tornado warning issued for northwestern Indian River County, south-central Brevard County, in effect until 8.15. And on the way, um, I'll have more on the weather situation here in central Florida, which has been quite nasty over the past couple of hours. And uh, the latest on that uh, tragic shooting that left five people dead at a bank in Sebring. This is Good Morning Orlando. It is (laughs) 7.58.
0: WFLF, Fine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3, Montdora, Orlando. And W226BT, Orlando. News Radio 93.1, WFLA. And iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. It is 8 o'clock.
1: This is Orlando's news, weather and traffic on News Radio 93.1, WFLA. In for Bud Henninger,
2: I'm Rob Marinko. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, a bank shooting in Sebring leaves five dead. We've got the details coming up in one minute.
1: And the mainstream media may be trying to twist and turn that story with the Catholic school kids in the Native America. This is a, a terrible day for Sebring, Highlands County, and for the state of Florida. Words
2: from Governor Ron DeSantis at a news conference following a mass shooting in South Central Florida. Five people are dead after the shooting at a SunTrust bank in Sebring. Police say the gunman called dispatchers to report the shooting himself. Sebring Police Chief Carl Hoagland.
3: This is a very dynamic and ongoing investigation. I'm sure several details will come as the investigation continues. What we do know right now is that the gentleman that's been taken into custody as a result of this is a gentleman by the name of Zephan Zaver. He's 21 years of age and lives here in Sebring.
2: Zaver started work at the Avon Park Correctional Institution in November and resigned this month. He'll make his first court appearance today. Victims' names have not been released. Authorities are expected to release more information later this morning. Strong storms with heavy rains and gusty winds have been moving through central Florida this morning. AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager says that will be followed by a cool-down.
6: We're pretty much already have reached their high for the day earlier. We hit about 70 earlier on, uh, probably falling through the 60s here for the next couple of hours, rebounding to the low 70s later today. And clouds break for sun this afternoon, and we got sun in the forecast tomorrow and Saturday. But uh, cooler afternoons, low 60s tomorrow, mid-60s for Saturday.
2: Orlando area temperatures are forecast to drop into the mid-40s tonight. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. UCF might take action against its president for the school's illegal spending. The Board of Trustees will meet today to discuss withholding performance bonuses from President Dale Whitaker. State officials announced last year that UCF broke the law by using millions of dollars in operational funding for building construction. If the board votes to suspend Whitaker's bonus pay, that would amount to more than $100,000 for this year and last year combined. In a back-and-forth of late-night tweets, we're learning President Trump won't be giving the State of the Union address until the government shutdown is done.
5: President Trump tweeting he'll do the State of the Union address when the government shutdown is over. He went on to say he's looking forward to giving a great address in the near future. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had sent the president a letter Wednesday saying she won't hold a vote on a resolution that would allow him to use the House floor for the address until the shutdown is over. Soon after the president said the address will wait, Pelosi tweeted, Mr. President, I hope by saying near future, you mean you will support the House pass package to end the shutdown. In Washington, Jill NATO, Fox News.
2: And finally, for you fans of the end of the world, the doomsday clock will be reset today. Each year, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists announces how close we are to doomsday. The closer to midnight the doomsday clock is set, the more danger we're in. Last year, the Doomsday Clock was set at 2 minutes to midnight. The announcement for this year will be live-streamed at 10 a.m. Orlando time. WFLA News time is now 8.05. Dash cam footage shows an Uber passenger grabbing for the driver's steering wheel. You can find that scary story online at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning
0: Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando.
1: It is uh, Rob in for a Bud. Good morning. Good morning, Alan. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going well. You ever notice that sometimes you're talking and then there's be a voice out of nowhere that interrupts you? It's it's happens sometimes, but... I thought I was hearing things did a you? few I, minutes ago. I did. The, the guy actually sounded kind of like me, but of course, I would never do anything like that. So uh, we're we're talking about this uh, story uh, about the gentleman uh, Nathan Phillips that is banging on the drum in the kid's face. Well, the mainstream media wants to change that again because they're not happy with the outcome, but. And here's one of the stories we're following for you this morning. It looks like Central Florida has a long way to go before it becomes safe for pedestrians. A newly released study ranks the most dangerous metro areas in the country for walking, and four of the five most dangerous are in our area. Smart Growth America ranks Orlando Kissimmee Sanford as the most dangerous, followed by Deltona, Daytona Beach, Ormond Beach. And number three is Palm Bay Melbourne, Titusville. Updates at least every 10 minutes on these stories throughout the morning here on Good Morning America, Good Morning Orlando.
0: Welcome to the 50,000-watt Front Forge. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Good
1: morning, it is Rob in for Bud. Very happy to be here with you. And uh, it's my pleasure filling in for Bud, who's going to be back Monday morning. We will welcome Bud back. We're talking about this story that won't go away, and the reason it won't go away is because the mainstream media was caught fibbing a little bit, to put it mildly and kindly, that the gentleman, his name is Nathan Phillips, and he's a Native American activist, and he went up to this kid, Nick Sandman, or Sandman, at this rally, now, Nick Sandman and his group from Covington High School Catholic School were gathered there to, to get on buses to go to a march somewhere else. They were at the Lincoln Memorial Friday, and what happened was, if, if you don't know the story, they were there simply waiting at a rallying point for the rest of their folks and for the buses to come pick them up and take them elsewhere. They weren't there to protest anything. They weren't there because they had something to say. Uh, nothing. Uh, Some of the kids had MAGA hats on, and I think really that's probably what led to the controversy because you know when you see uh, Make America Great hats, so that's turned into something hateful uh, the way the mainstream media sees it and many on the left. However, so the real story is that when uh, the gentleman from the Native American gentleman encountered a group known as. The black Hebrew Israelites or the Hebrew black Israelites, they started uh, chanting to each other and they approached the kids, the high school kids, because I guess they were might have been attracted by the MAGA hats, who knows, they haven't really said, but it wasn't the kids approaching them, it was just the opposite. So that part of the news story was uh, fake, I guess, or inaccurate to say the least. And then racial slurs started coming from the Hebrew black Israelites, racial slurs like Peckerwood and Cracker and so forth directed at the kids from Covington. And the Native American, uh, Nathan Phillips, banging the war drum, approached one kid and that photo that we've all seen now a million times and the video we've seen on, on television, maybe a little bit less, at least the full video, we don't see often at all, is that Uh, Nathan Phillips is banging on the drum and Nick Sandman is simply standing there smiling, kind of like, why are you beating that drum in my face? I'm not doing anything. If you were to interpret what he's trying to to say.
9: And everyone... Has tried to interpret what (laughs) a smirk or a a smile,
1: uh, you know, hateful staring. uh, I I
9: feel so bad for that kid. He did an interview with the Today Show yesterday. That was a mistake. And you you could just see the scared look in his eyes, you know, just. Yeah, I I don't know.
1: I would have loved for his parents to say, hey, it's not going to be. They're not going to be friendly to you. You've got this is how the world is right now. And you're guilty. You're you're wearing a MAGA hat. That makes you guilty of whatever the situation was. And to go on to a, a TV show, a morning show, they're all anti-Trump. They're all anti-MAGA. They're they're anti-right. They're all pro-leftist. They're all liberal. There is nothing in it for you. You didn't do anything wrong. Let let it just stay. Let the story stay like that. But he went on, and the poor kid. Is trying to do the best. He
9: actually did pretty well. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, he did was him, atta-
1: He was attacked in that that smart
8: that smarmy little uh, Savannah
1: Guthrie. Oh, Guthrie,
8: yeah. Oh my!
1: But
9: you know, goodness. he was
8: gr- he had to have been groomed a little bit. But I think that's where a lot of the nerves came from. He was trying to say the right things, right. knowing that they were going to try and trip him up. You know, he's a smart kid. You know, but uh, I think both sides, just uh, all three sides, are you know equally responsible. And as for CNN, I'm just appalled. Oh, they continue it. They yeah. they can
1: they they continue it now, and they're they're behind this effort to try to get Nathan Phillips to visit the school and the school. You know, the school is guilty. They immediately apologized for the kid's behavior, and I'm thinking, what what did they apologize? The first time I saw the story, I figured, oh god, what did the what did these kids do? Because they must have done something wrong, because all I saw was the guy beating the drum in the kid's face, and the kid smiling at him. So now I'm hearing there were chants and everything else. So these kids must have done something wrong turns out they were there were school chant they were chanting their school you know mm-hmm. themed uh, uh chants and stuff
8: while yeah. they would be calling while they were being called names i think nathan phillips is a pawn in this he was in there for one, what he thought was one thing mm-hmm. the indigenous people's march and then you have the black israelites were kind of you know doing their anger and hateful and nasty chanting and he's Seems like he just kind of came over to, you know, to appease the situation. And the next thing you know, he's banging the drum in the kid's face.
1: So I don't, I don't know I
8: don't, how it escalated to that point.
1: I don't know how it got to the point, but I, I think it's a mistake to draw this story out. And I think it's a mistake for the mainstream media, actually, because people have to ask, if you're still not familiar with the story, what in the heck happened if you find out what happened? I'll tell you, you what out, happened. The kids didn't it's do a,
8: non-story. It a it non-story brought on by MAGA Hats.
1: More of uh, that and your phone calls uh, and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio ninety three point one WFLA. And here's one of the stories we'll be following for you this morning: a former Department of Corrections officer is accused of killing five people inside a Highlands County bank. The identities of those killed at the SunTrust Bank in Sebring yesterday will be released this morning. Suspect Zefan Xavier started work at the Avon Park Correctional Institution in November and resigned this month. There were no discipline issues involving the 21-year-old who will make his first court appearance later on today. Updates every 10 minutes throughout the morning here on Good Morning Orlando.
0: iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today.
1: Good morning, Orlando. It is Rob Marinko in for Bud Hedinger. Bud will be back Monday. Glad to be with you this morning. We're talking about this latest (laughs) uh, increment of this long, too long story about the high school kid and the Native American with the banging drum and the Hebrew black uh, Israelites and so forth. Now, there are some encouraging this Native American who says he wants to do it. He wants to visit the school and talk to the students. The school says fine. I think it's a huge mistake. Why
8: would they allow that?
1: No, I don't. And why did they apologize within an hour of this?
8: Because they need jerked and they know that it's a boys' Catholic school and boys will be boys.
1: Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's hear uh, more from you. The telephone number is 407 916 5400, toll free 916 5400. Paul, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Paul. What's on your mind?
12: I've been going to D.C. for 40 years plus of my life. I know these monuments, the city very well. First of all, to have this kind of a protest at the Lincoln Memorial is rude and disrespectful. Uh, You're forcing people in a very quiet place, well, what is to be, you know, a place of reflection and so on, to learn about a man that was president of this country, to listen to your rhetoric. Secondly, these people, Hebrew Israelites is a contradiction of terms. They don't know if they're coming or going. Because to a, a Jew, a Hebrew is a religion, not a nationality. And to a Hebrew, it's the, it's the exact opposite. So what is a Hebrew Israelite? These people are confused. They don't know if they're coming and going. And to create this problem in this place is outrageous. And for the news media to run with it is doubling down on that.
1: Well, you know why they ran with it, right, Paul?
12: Sure, I do. Because of uh, Make America Great Again. No doubt. White, White kids, they have no right there etc at the Lincoln Memorial you're going to do this is out and the news media doubling tripling down on it is outrageous
1: you can't have white and orange that's they don't go together oh stop yep I, i'm just saying paul thank you very much for the call
8: no offense but i'm getting called out on the uh, on the text line for my statements that i think all parties involved have a certain amount of uh responsibility well
1: as well you should be go ahead what are they saying
8: well you know they're, they're saying that um <laughs> how are both sides responsible and, uh-oh, why did I block him? I guess I did. Oh. They were calling me all <laughs> kinds of names. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But the best one is I don't usually wear a hat, but I just ordered a MAGA hat online. They advised me delivery would be a little longer because there's a massive increase in orders. All right. That's fine. Mm. Uh, incidentally,
1: I understood exactly what you said, Melissa. Uh, you didn't say anything rude. No. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm not sure about how the, the, the kids worked their way into it. Uh, Alan, I notice you have a piece of paper in your hand.
2: Yeah. And when I have a piece of paper in my hand, it means something. Uh, The uh, tornado warning that we had for parts of Indian River and Brevard County, that did expire at 8.15. However, the National Weather Service has issued what they call a significant weather advisory for northwestern St. Lucie, northeastern Okeechobee, Indian River, and Brevard counties until 9 o'clock. At 8.12, Doppler radar was tracking strong thunderstorms along a line extending from eight miles south of playolinda beach to near rockledge to eight miles southwest of palm bay to near fort drum movement was east at forty miles an hour wind gusts of fifty to fifty five miles an hour are possible with these storms locations impacted include palm bay melbourne rockledge sebastian and cocoa.
1: Yeah, so be extra careful out there. But if there's a silver lining, it's the fact that these storm systems are moving very quickly. So they're going to be on you, but they'll be out of the area quickly.
2: Yeah, and we're looking for uh, sunshine and cooler temperatures ahead. And uh, we'll have uh, more on the weather conditions that have been rolling through Central Florida this morning, as well as an update on the uh, tragic shooting in Sebring. Those stories and more just ahead on Good Morning Orlando. It's eight twenty-eight.
1: All right, it is uh, Rob in for Bud. Good morning, Orlando. Alan Spector, you've got the latest on that tragedy in Sebring.
2: At least five people are dead, Rob, after the shooting. In the south-central Florida city of Sebring, police say a former corrections officer, 21-year-old Zephin Zafer, entered the SunTrust Bank yesterday and opened fire.
3: After an assessment of the scene, we're sorry to learn that we have at least five victims people who were senselessly murdered as a result of his act in this bank.
2: Sebring Police Chief Carl Hoagland said the SWAT team entered the bank, located the victims, and took Xaver into custody. So far, there's no word on a motive for the shooting. Chief Hoagland said the community has suffered a terrible loss at the hands of a senseless criminal doing a senseless crime. Strong storms with heavy rains and gusty winds have been moving through central Florida this morning. You can expect the rain to stop soon, followed by clearing and cooler conditions. AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager says those conditions will continue for the next couple of days. Yeah, more sunshine
6: ahead for tomorrow. It certainly won't be as warm as it was yesterday. Temperatures were near 80, today again about 70, and then tomorrow and even Saturday we're struggling to make it into the 60s. High 62 for Friday and about 64 on Saturday.
2: We're expecting a low in the Orlando area tonight in the mid-40s. The news is brought to you by TrustCo Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Worst in the nation again the latest edition of an annual study shows Florida is the most dangerous state in the country for pedestrians and Orlando is the worst metro area in the nation for pedestrians Emmy Co Atherton is director of the National Complete Streets Association
4: the director of transportation for Orlando Billy Hathaway is very committed to this but you know he needs that political backing uh, so that Orlando is a great place to not just live but to walk
2: the top six metros on this dead man walking list are all in the Sunshine State Orlando's followed by Daytona Beach Melbourne Sarasota and Lakeland Alachua County home of Gainesville and the University of Florida is the first county in Florida to raise the minimum tobacco buying age an ordinance was passed that raises the age a person can buy tobacco to 21 vendors that sell tobacco products must apply for a one-year license and won't be able to do so within a thousand feet of a public school That ordinance takes effect in nine months. Elsewhere, Alec Baldwin has pleaded guilty in his parking assault case in Manhattan. Oh, poor Alec. Made a court appearance yesterday, the 60-year-old actor taking a plea deal on a Mm. second-degree harassment violation, with tougher attempted assault charges dropped. He was fined over $100 and must complete an anger management course by the time he returns to court in March. Baldwin admitted to pushing a man over a parking spot in November near his Greenwich Village home, but his lawyers had said video evidence would prove he did not punch the man.
1: Oh, okay, all right, but, but yeah, but pushing somebody is an assault. It's now, a, it's actually a battery, isn't it? I, yeah, I am. Well, but you, he, it's you a put plea your deal, hands so they, on somebody else. Yeah, yeah you're not. Supposed but he to made that. a plea deal, so exactly. they lessened the charge right.
2: against Alec Baldwin. Now, uh, my update yesterday on Celebrity Big Brother was so popular. Yes, it I was. I figured I'll bring, do another one today. Absolutely. No. Actor Jonathan... Yeah, I, I, Melissa can't get enough. <laughs> Actor Jonathan Bennett, comedian Tom Green, and former White House staffer Anthony Scaramucci are the first three on the block, although it's reported that Scaramucci has left the competition. It's unclear if and how his departure will affect this week's elimination.
1: (laughs) He can't keep a job, can he? What? Former
2: NFL player Ricky Williams won the power of veto, but uh, decided not to use it. I don't know if a joint was involved in that Uh, decision. uh. (laughs) Olympic athlete Lolo Jones started thinking that Bennett and her Olympic swimmer companion Ryan Lochte were scheming against her and the other women in the house. After she made her anger about it known to them, Lochte decided to try to convince Ricky Williams to put Jones up to get her out of the house. The women have also started to think they should vote Bennett out of the house soon, while singers Tamar Braxton and Candy Burris hashed out old drama. And that's. What's happening on Celebrity Big Brother? Seriously? You know, it's
8: National Peanut Butter Day. You could have gone with that. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I love peanut butter.
8: Actually, I
2: I should have just said happy birthday to my granddaughter, Isla Rose, again.
8: Yeah, I like that, too. Uh,
1: We we got uh, Dr. uh, uh, It's Kronhaus, right, coming
9: up? Yeah.
1: Thank goodness, because I like peanut butter and everything else to eat, so we might Talk about that. Yes.
9: Yeah, definitely. I don't know if we'll be happy if, he, <laughs> if you like everything else to eat. I'm pretty be much, okay sometimes. Well,
1: you've seen me. You've seen me live <laughs> in person. Moderation.
8: A, Moderation,
1: my friend. Do you look at me, Melissa, and say, Moderation? No.
8: No, I look at you and say, hey, "Where's the buffet? I'll follow him." Oh wow, wow, wow! wow. That's, you ask. That's hate speech.
2: No, that is on. hate speech. <laughs> Rob, you, walk, you walked yourself right into that. did. To at least you
1: yeah. didn't say waddled into it. That, that was kinder <laughs> that you. Uh,
9: yes, we do have Doctor Ken Kronhaus coming up for his weekly house call segment, segment in the next uh, segment.
1: That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio ninety-three point one WFLA. And here's one of the stories we're following for you this morning. President Trump might soon have some good news for the panhandle. Governor Ron DeSantis says he expects the president will make an announcement this week about funding for Hurricane Michael recovery efforts. In a speech in Miami yesterday, DeSantis says the announcement will be pre- pretty big and it could come as soon as today. Did not reveal, though, any details. Updates every 10 minutes
0: throughout the morning here on Good Morning Orlando. New weather, traffic. Traffic, traffic, this is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own Dr. Ken Kronhaus.
1: Dr. Kronhaus, it's uh, so good to, uh, to meet you and, uh, and talk with you. Uh, There's a lot of interesting uh, subjects to discuss here, Uh, one of them being something that uh, hits home for me because I just had one. We're talking about uh, PSA screenings uh, reducing prostate cancer deaths by uh, 30%. Is that right?
13: Yes, Rob, nice to be with you. PSA screenings have... Reduced prostate cancer deaths by about 30%. That's the news out this week. This research was based on data of 20,000 men monitored for more than two decades. The men's initially measured PSA levels proved highly significant as a predictor of future cancer risk. Men between age 50 to 70, they should talk to their doctor about a PSA test. High risk and very high risk men should consider at age 45 and 40 respectively. And there's some uh, in vitro news, is that correct? Out of the medical journal Lancet this week, more than 5 million children have been born through in vitro fertilization, Rob, and other assisted reproduction techniques. Test two babies are more likely to be premature and have a low birth weight, but it is unlikely that assisted reproductive technology is the reason why, according to a study published this week in the medical journal Lancet. These new findings challenge the widely held belief that procedures such as freezing embryos, the delayed fertilization of eggs and hormonal treatments lead to these problems. Oh,
1: very interesting, but uh, there's some good news and uh, bad news on a drug for Parkinson's disease.
13: New England Journal of Medicine this week, the most potent drug available for Parkinson's disease, levodopa, treats symptoms of the disease, but does nothing to either ease or increase its still mysterious underlying causes. Doctors often delay prescribing levodopa or L-DOPA to Parkinson's patients for fear that the drug might have toxic effects that produce jerky involuntarily body movements over time. But patients started on L-DOPA nearly a year earlier than a second group did not. Develop significantly different rates of involuntary movement, according to this new study. We're talking uh, talking to
1: Dr. Ken Kronhaus and Dr. I'm a big believer in flu vaccinations, and uh, we have some uh, news on that front.
13: Yes, Rob, out of the medical journal chest this week, influenza infections cause one out of every 10 patients with COPD to die and one out of five to require stays in intensive care. But there's more good news this week about flu vaccinations. Flu vaccinations have sharply cut the number of hospitalizations by COPD patients. According to this new study published in the medical journal chest, 38% fewer people with COPD who received a flu vaccination visited the hospital to treat acute respiratory illnesses or exacerbation compared to those with COPD who received no vaccination.
1: Well, that would certainly seem like a good reason to go get the shot anyway. So there's a survey out that finds that uh, people are not against uh, going to a virtual doctor.
13: Rob, the quality of your care will not suffer if you choose video visits with your doctor for follow-up care. According to a study published this week in the American Journal of Managed Care, the appointments are conducted online using a computer or tablet and a secure application. So we're looking at a study
1: about uh, some overlooked social cost to people who apparently uh, smoke a lot of weed.
13: Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. Don't shoot the messenger here. But as increasing number of Americans use marijuana, there is a rising risk of job loss among those who use the drug. People who use marijuana are more likely to be fired or laid off. Job loss may be an overlooked social cost of marijuana use. This published this week in the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, Rob.
1: We're talking to Dr. Ken Kronhaus. And something that uh, really is close to my heart, uh, Doc, on eating too much fried food?
13: British Medical Journal, BMJ this week. People who eat more than one serving a week of fried chicken or fried fish have an increased risk of heart disease and death. Total fried food consumption is related to a higher risk of all-cause death and also death from cardiovascular disease. The results are not surprising given the association of fried food to weight gain and obesity as well as elevation of cholesterol and triglycerides. All right, no more fried Twinkies for breakfast, I guess.
1: Uh, Americans. Apparently, increasingly uh, mixing opioids and sedatives. That sounds like a bad idea.
13: Rob, this is sad news from sleep. There's a sharp rise in the number of Americans taking dangerous combinations of opioids and sedatives. These sedatives, known as benzodiazepines, are prescribed for pain, insomnia, and anxiety. And another class of similar medications called Z-drugs are also being taken with sedatives at an alarming rate. The findings are a cause for concern because these combinations pose serious serious risks including breathing problems and deaths. Benzodiazepines include Xanax, Clonopin, Ativan, and the Z drugs include such things as Sonata, Ambien, and Imovane.
1: Dr. Ken House, thanks so much for uh, joining us on House Call. Uh, Dr. Ken, we'll talk to you down the road. Be well, Rob. All right, take care. So we got a, a couple of phone calls. Do we have time to take those? All right, let's talk to uh, Brad in uh, Winter Park. Brad, welcome to the show.
7: Oh, good morning. Um, uh, you guys, you know, the, the story had so many angles, and what's says a dimensional story, which really puts the term fake news front and center to the American people. And it does, we yeah. need We needed that because, you know, you even had a caller on who kind of sugarcoated the uh, black Israelites. And that's what I'm seeing, too. Amongst all the hope of the um, Covington Catholic kids and, of course, this, so-called Native American, that gets missed because these guys are not only racist, but they're disciples of the biggest racist, Louis Farrakhan. And none of the mainstream news media, including press, New York Times, Washington Post, ABC, CBS, Savannah Guthrie, um, uh, who's the one, George Stephanopoulos, Anderson Cooper, none of them will talk about these guys or them. Off limits, and that's just showing you what the very essence of fake news is in this country, and it's it's dangerous because it incites violence, it's knee jerk, and if it's the direction we're going, we're really um we're really headed in the wrong direction. And the president was right when he said fake news, where you find it, and where you see it, is indeed the enemy of a free people.
1: Brad, thank you so much uh, for that insightful call. Ben, how are you?
7: Oh. I'm fine. I think that caller there pretty much summed up a lot of what I was going to say. All right, <laughs> but I want to say, where's the felony arrest of these black men uh, assaulting white school children? These aren't adults are assaulting.
1: Well, and this, how, but when you say assaulting, you're talking about uh, the the racial slurs. You're not talking about physical assaulting, right?
7: Right, but wasn't that Considered a felony and a hate crime during the Obama administration, and people would be arrested for calling uh, either blacks or other groups. Yeah, names. yeah,
1: I don't think it works like that, Ben. Listen, I you know I agree that there there may be a little contradiction there. yeah if you have something you wanted to chime in with? No, okay, I'm just checking. All right, uh, Ben, thank you so much for the call. More of your phone calls that and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. One of the stories that we're following for you this morning President Trump might soon have some good news for the panhandle. Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday he expects the president will make an announcement this week about funding for Hurricane Michael recovery efforts. In a speech in Miami yesterday, DeSantis says the announcement will be pretty big. It will include some details. As of yet, we don't have any of those. Updates at least every 10 minutes on these stories throughout the morning here on Good Morning Orlando
0: weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio this is good morning orlando on news radio 93.1 wfla
1: it is good morning orlando rob Marenko in for bud Hedinger, and glad to be here with you this morning bud will return monday morning do we have time for a phone call here real quickie uh don welcome to the show
7: Hey, good morning. I hope that uh, Ms. Pelosi supports the president. I think we have a real need for this wall. These cartels are not only involved in drugs, but they exploit youth and human trafficking on our side of the wall as well. There's a site on this, Danielle Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google, it says 1387 WordPress. The translation is at the back end of the picture of the hand over the glass, captioned police admit. You drive that to the last uh, 3940, she says, look at the difference between my needs and wants. I need protection. Pay attention to every written word and figure out the codes. Children are forced into marriage. There's a desert backdrop says corruption. Yeah, uh, Don. Back back uh, to the last twenty minutes.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you for the call. I don't uh, exactly know where that was going, but it was a little bit unusual. But we, we listen. Hey, we we would like to hear from you if you have anything to say, except for Don and whatever
8: Don just said. That, <laughs> started out <started> a lot <laughs> differently. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it started, and then it kind of went to a. Kind of a weird place. Speaking of which, my show's tonight at 9 o'clock right here on WFLA. (laughs) It's called Connections, and we're going to be talking about the emasculation of men and toxic gender roles. I love it.
1: Uh, Melissa, I'm going to be listening. You should be. And then I'll be going to bed right afterwards. (laughs) Me too. How the heck are you, Alan?
2: I'm fine. Of course, uh, Melissa's not the only one who has her own program, his or her own program later today.
9: Oh yeah, by the way, PM Orlando is tonight at 5 p.m., 5 to 6 p.m., now, something weird happened last night. If you were listening last night, notice that Dave Ramsey kind of took over the last 10 minutes of the show. That's because we had a fire alarm go off in the building oh. and had to evacuate. Now, luckily, nothing happened. No one was hurt or anything like that. There was no fire. But I know some people were wondering where did Yaffe go for the last <laughs> 10 minutes of the show? That's yeah. exa- I was willing to stay in no, the I can't fire. Either. No. Just for the show. Wow. But, uh, but, <laughs> but no, but I was told news, I got I to gotta evacuate.
1: There, there is some good news to come out of that. And, and not that we missed you, y- Yaffe. That was terrible news. But the good news, while Dave Ramsey was on, people uh, saved money for their emergency account. And, uh, oh. towards, uh, towards five. And they got out of debt. They got out of debt. They,
9: so they took important.
2: some more baby steps. And, so, uh, Dave Ramsey
9: mean, is on three to five Monday yes. through Friday, and then I'm on five to six with breaking news. Uh, we had that tragic story yesterday with Sebring and the shooting at the bank in Sebring, and we were covering that as it was happening so anytime there's breaking news we cover it for your drive home you know and, and no
2: more details that on that shooting are going to be released during the day and mm-hmm. so you'll have that oh uh, yeah definitely. later on today
1: you and i touched on this earlier and you brought up the pulse nightclub shooting and how the victim is preferred that we in the news media not mention the killer's name yeah and i thought you know what i get it i totally get it and in this case we're talking about the name, the the law enforcement agencies have released this person's name, his age, and so forth, and what his connections were and what he did and all that. And, and for me, my opinion, is that, okay, that's enough. Because I think in some weird place in some of these crazies heads, they believe that after they do this, they're going to become famous or infamous.
9: Well, um, whatever, studies have shown that that is a motivating factor. You know, they want to become infamous. They want to... It's a cry for attention in a way.
1: I think I think most people would agree. I know we don't we're not doing a survey now, but I think most people would agree that there's not much of a loss if you don't mention the killer's name, the murderer's name.
2: Well, it's it's a difficult situation for the media for news, covering yeah. this because yeah. I think initially that information needs to come out. Yeah. Now, after a couple of days or so, uh, maybe you know we need to backtrack. On mentioning the name so much.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, too, because right afterwards, you never know. The the police released the name also not just for us, but but for us and people that may know this guy. And he's from Sebring, where this event took yeah. place. So there may be neighbors. They may find out you know more information about him as the investigation yeah. continues.
9: And just uh, to point out, we still, from what I understand, don't really know the motive. No. On why he did this. So originally it was thought maybe it was some kind of bank robbery, but the, the shooter is the one who actually called 911. Yeah. And so far, they haven't released a motive on why he did this. So it could have been a botched robbery or it could have been a mass shooting.
2: You would think and you would think, if he's he's the one who's calling police, uh, he's looking for attention.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah. Yes, that's, that's my a good, friends.
1: That's a good point. And it just really angers me that there's people out there that, for whatever reason, and I know you go back to mental illness and all this, but there's some people who aren't mentally ill. They're just plain... Mean and evil, and I'm sorry, but that's true. And uh, you you may not have a motive other than the fact that you just want to kill some people. That's your motive. And this guy may turn out to be that. But personally, I don't care about a motive. I care about the victims and their families and what they're going through now. But I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, much more coming up. And uh, and I'll be back with you tomorrow, probably, most likely.
9: Yes, right? you will be back tomorrow, and then yeah. Butter will be Butter back on be Monday. Back Monday.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: And the celebrating will... Continue. (laughs) For the most part, yes.
1: More celebrating. I don't know. I don't know how much I have to say, Yaffy. I I think I've said just about all. If I say anything more, (laughs) I definitely will not be back tomorrow. I'm just trying to stay on the radio, for God's sakes, man. (laughs) All right. See everyone tomorrow.